Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Witness Lee served the Lord faithfully for more than 70 years, culminating with his exhaustive commentary on the entire scriptures called Life Study of the Bible. We're happy to bring you recorded excerpts from his ministry. At the end of the program, we'll give you the website where you can find out more about the remarkable ministry of these two men. But for now, we hope you enjoyed today's program. Joining us in our studio today again is Ed Marks. Ed, it's been a while since we've seen you. It's very good to have you back. Yes, I'm glad to be back, especially since we're getting into this wonderful portion in Genesis chapter 22. This really is a wonderful portion. We have a picture of Abraham and Isaac and their mutual experience going up Mount Moriah in Genesis 22 and all of the rich significance that it holds for us, even New Testament believers. Spend a little time, if you would, help us with the background of this chapter. This chapter, Genesis 22, is very significant because what it speaks about is the peak of Abraham's experience with God. Uh, in this chapter, we see that God tells Abraham in verse 2 to take his only son Isaac, his beloved son, to go into the land of Moriah, and to offer Isaac as a burnt offering on one of the mountains there. This is in verse 2. Then in verse 9, we see that when Abraham and Isaac came to the place where God told him to uh, offer Isaac, Abraham built an altar and laid the wood in order, and he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Then in verse 12, we see that what God did was he stopped Abraham. And he said, don't lay your hand upon the lad and don't do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing that you have not withheld your only son from me. So this chapter is very significant in that it shows Abraham's peak experience in satisfying God because of his obedience by faith. And what we'll see here in a marvelous way is that the offering of Isaac typifies the offering of Christ as God's only begotten Son, the Lamb of God, on the cross. And I would just like to read these verses. Uh, this is Hebrews 11, 17 through 19. It says, By faith Abraham, being tested, offered up Isaac. Indeed, he who gladly received the promises was offering up his only begotten, of whom it was said, In Isaac shall your seed be called, counting that God was able to raise men even from the dead, from which he also received him back in figure. So this shows the tremendous significance of this chapter. Thank you, Ed. This is going to be an especially touching life study, and Witness Lee points out this will be especially helpful for even the young people listening to build their faith in the inspiration of the Holy Word. I'm very anxious to get to it. Here's Witness Lee. In chapter 22 of Genesis, there is a deep implication signifying so many aspects 
concerning Christ. We saw how Abraham answered God's call to go to the Mount Moriah to offer his son Isaac. That was a history. But if you have the view of God's revelation, you could see what Abraham did there on Isaac and what Isaac took from his father was a vivid picture of the Father in the heavens doing something on his only beloved son. Firstly, when they come to the foot of the mountain, Abraham put aside the two servants. And uh, he was only with his son Isaac. It was from that point that Abraham took the wood and laid upon the shoulder of Isaac. Isaac bore the wood, climbing up to the Mount Moriah. Isaac bore the wood, and Jesus also bore the wood. Isaac walked through the same path which later on Jesus walked through. From the office of Pilate to the little hill that is called Calvary. You young people have to know where Jesus was crucified, that was the place where Isaac was put on the altar. In the human sense, Jesus was brought there to Calvary by human beings. But actually, no. Jesus was not brought to Calvary by man, but by God the Father. If you read Isaiah 53, you could see it was God that brought Jesus to the slaughter place. And the slaughter place was just Calvary. God the Father brought his son to the cross. And divinely speaking, God the Father put the wooden cross upon the shoulder of his son. You know, while they were climbing, the son realized, my father, you have the fire, and you have the knife, and no doubt, I bear the wood. Then, where is the burnt offering? The son fellowship with the father. And the father fellowship back, saying, don't worry about this. God will provide it. You just go with me in peace. Well, don't you believe, while Jesus was bearing the cross, going up to Calvary, don't you believe he fellowship with the father? Oh, yes. Amen. Yes. And don't you believe the father t- 
talk to this side. You may say, the Bible doesn't tell us so. I say, you are wrong. Genesis tells you so. You all have to realize Abraham, Isaac, typified the father and the son while they were fellowshipping on the way to Mount Moriah. That was a vivid picture showing us how the son Jesus fellowshiped with the father while he was bearing the cross up to Calvary. I do believe so. Well, Ed, I think all of us, young and old, got a deep impression here. The striking parallels between Abraham the father leading Isaac the son up Mount Moriah to be sacrificed. I just would like to ask you your impressions of this deeply moving picture. Firstly, I'd just like to mention uh, to the listeners that Isaac is a wonderful type of Christ here. Isaac was Abraham's only son, and we see that Christ is God's only begotten son. Isaac was also Abraham's beloved son. In Matthew 3.17, we see God the Father referring to Christ as his beloved son. And Isaac, in this chapter, he took his father's will. In the same way, Christ, if you see in Matthew 26, verse 39, when the Lord was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, Regarding his going to the cross, he says, Father, not my will, but thine be done. Also, Isaac was obedient unto death. He went on that altar without any struggle. He was obedient. In the same way we see in Philippians 2.8 that Christ was obedient unto death, even the death of a cross. This shows that Isaac is a wonderful type of Christ. We also see in Genesis 22.6 that Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. In the same way, the wood of the cross was laid upon Christ as he walked to Golgotha to become the sacrifice for sins. And again, we see in quite a marvelous way, Isaac was offered in the land of Moriah, you know, as a burnt offering. Abraham was going to offer him as a burnt offering. In the same way, Jesus was offered as a burnt offering on the cross in the land of Moriah. The same pathway that Isaac walked with Abraham, the Lord Jesus walked in communion with the Father to be offered on the cross as a sacrifice for our sins. Also, we see in verses 7 and 8 that Isaac and Abraham fellowship with one another as they were going to that mountain in the land of Moriah where Isaac was to be offered. This is a wonderful picture showing us that as Christ was going to the cross, he was in a deep, intimate, living communion with the Father. This is a marvelous picture to show us the fellowship that Christ the Son had with the Father as he was on his way to be offered on the cross for our sins. Thank you, Ed. Let's rejoin Witness Lee with more of this wonderful life study. First of all, Isaac was the only son. This typifies that Christ was also God's only son. Genesis 22 also says this only son was Abraham's beloved son. Christ is God's beloved. And then Isaac took the father's will. 
you cannot see another picture showing a young man so obedient. Isaac took the father's will, just like Jesus. Look at the picture. He not only followed the father to the mount. He also obeyed the father to pick up the wood. And when the father was going to bind him, he didn't resist. I tell you, he was obedient to death. And the father took the knife and stretched out. He didn't rebel. It was at this juncture, the angel of God. Do you know who was the angel of God? You read the context. The angel of God eventually is just God himself. In God's eyes, Isaac was killed. The father put the son to death. But the angel of God raised him from the dead. We come to the next point. Isaac was replaced by a ram. My, this is surely meaningful. The ram, the lamb, is the same thing. We have seen the glory of the only begotten Son of God. John 1.14 Then it says, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Who was crucified on the cross, the Son of God or the Lamb of God? The Son of God was replaced by the Lamb of God. Do you understand this? The son was not killed, but the ram. The son was replaced by a ram. Firstly, Abraham prophesied that God will provide. Yes. This burnt offering, this eternal lamb, was ordained by God in eternity. First Peter 1 tells us so. But now the ram is there, caught, but thicket, small shrubs. At where? At his two horns. All the Bible students do know horns in the Bible signify fighting power. Christ did have the fighting power, but his fighting power was caught. By small shrubs. And who are the shrubs? Humanity. You and me. We are the thicket. Christ, the Lamb of God, was caught by us. He just couldn't escape. He was caught by his human nature. He was caught by our humanity to be offered. For our substitute. So we have to say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. You are willing to be caught, and you were caught by us. Now you have the Son. After this, you have the Ram. You have the Son of God. Then, when the Son of God gets on the cross, right away, you have the Lamb of God. 
in a very, very divine sense, the Son of God was never crucified. It was the Lamb of God that was crucified. And no one can crucify the Son of God. Who can crucify the Son of God? Men. But, praise Him. He was willing to be a little lamb, uh, putting his horns among the human beings. So you can see, not only the Son of God became the Lamb of God, but also the Son of God was replaced by the Lamb of God. It's marvelous. Ed, witness Lee here has focused primarily on the ram being caught in the thicket by his horns. This has much more meaning than I ever realized. Would you share more on what this typifies? Uh, The ram was offered as a substitute for Isaac. In the same way, Christ was offered on the cross as the Lamb of God, as our substitute. And he took away the sin of the world. He died on the cross in our stead. The ram that Abraham saw was caught by its horns in a thicket. This is really marvelous. This thicket signifies humanity. And what this means is that Christ has been caught in humanity to be a sacrifice on the cross for our sins. This means God in Christ became a man. He put on human nature. And by his human nature, he was caught on the cross We have to realize that Christ was the very God, but he was also a man with human nature. And when he died on the cross, he died as a wonderful God-man. And so Acts 20.28 tells us that God purchased the church with his own blood. How can God have blood? Well, God can have blood because he put on human nature. He was caught in human nature. So for this, we praise the Lord that Christ had the human nature and that he was caught in humanity and caught by human nature so that he could be crucified on the cross for our sins. Ed, I'd love to stay and linger here, but we have to go on. Let's join Witness Lee for the conclusion of this life study. The sun was put on the altar, and eventually the ram replaced the sun. Eventually, the Lamb of God replaced the Son of God. What is this? This is Jehovah Jireh. And this means what? Jehovah provides and sees. The word has two meanings. It does not only mean provides, but also sees. This is not just a provision, but also a vision. What is this? My goodness. Look at the cross. Don't you see the provision there? With the provision, don't you see the vision there? Before the cross, I was blind. There was no vision. But at the cross, uh through the provision, I see the vision. Now I'm clear. My word is limited. But I hope the spirit of wisdom would help you to realize the depth of this implication. How the Son of God 
was replaced by the Lamb of God called at his horns by humanity. Praise him. Amen. This Lamb of God who replaced the Son of God is not only the substitute of Isaac, but also the substitute of us. He substituted us. We all need to go to the cross, but he did it on behalf of us. We all need to be killed on the divine altar, but he suffered for us. The ram suffered the killing for Isaac. In the same way, the Lamb of God suffered the crucifixion on behalf of all of us. Look at the picture. A ram was killed for Isaac. This is a picture showing you that Christ, the Lamb of God, was crucified on the cross for you. Amen. The cross is the very spot where you have to be. But God replaced you with the Lamb of God. We all have to see again. In Genesis 22, you have the seed of that Lamb. It grew up in John 1, 29. Behold the Lamb of God. And then it became a harvest in the whole book of Revelation. Amen. The throne of God becomes the throne of God and of the Lamb. Out of which proceeds the water of life. Amen. Growing the tree of life. Marvelous. Amen. But... The seed of the Lamb is here in Genesis chapter 22. By all the things you can see, the Bible is not a human book. It's a book not made by human hand. This is surely the divine revelation. This is Christ. Now, we are not reading a record of Isaac in Genesis 22. We are seeing a picture of Christ in this chapter. We are seeing a picture of Christ in Genesis 22. Ed, we really have to appreciate how the Word of God has been opened up here. When our eyes are open to actually see that our place should have been on that cross, something tremendous takes place in our own Christian experience, doesn't it? Yes, it absolutely does. And it's very significant that Abraham called this place Jehovah Jireh. It means Jehovah will provide and Jehovah will see. So when we appreciate what Christ did on the cross, we appreciate the fact that God gave us a wonderful provision. We should have died on the cross. The wages of sin are death. But what God did is he became a man. He embodied himself in Christ, and he paid the debt of sin on the cross. He provided himself as the unique offering and sacrifice for sin. Not only do we have the provision 
at the cross, but when we look at the cross, when we appreciate what Christ did on the cross, we have the vision. We have the provision, and we have the vision. This is why we need to look at Christ as the crucified one. On the cross, Christ as the Lamb of God, he took away the sin of the world. He died in our stead as our substitute. Ed, I'm going to ask you, because of the nature of this study and this program, many listeners may never have really perceived how marvelous a provision this was. Would you say something about someone maybe who is listening that has never received the Lord with this kind of appreciation? To our listeners, if you've never heard this before, we hope that you would realize that Christ died on the cross for you. Now, what he wants is for you to receive him into you as your Savior. Now, if you would like to do this right now, I would encourage you to pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner. Come into me right now and be my life and my Savior. If you pray this simple prayer, Christ will come into you. You will receive the effectiveness of his blood. You'll be cleansed from all your sins, and you will now have a new life in Christ. Amen. Thank you, Ed. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. To contact us, please call toll-free 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Thanks for listening today.